Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we don't have the same voice. <laughs> we definitely don't. Uh, no. I've When I listen back to some of our episodes, I feel like I can definitely pick out your little bit of a southern accent and yeah. then I have like that Utah accent quite a bit more <laughs> so come on people get with it <laughs> obviously we sound different <laughs> Duh. Um, actually speaking of I um on the way home from work I was on the tram and I ran into well I didn't run into a colleague was standing next to me and it was like one of those moments where you can't pretend like you didn't see them, oh, even yeah. though it's like literally nothing against this person. It's just like, you know, on your way home, you just kind of want to chill out and listen to your music and not be social at all. But it was right. like that moment of like, oh, but we're right beside each other. And then I like find out what stop he gets out of. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty much the same as me. So it's going to be the whole ride. Um, <laughs> but it was delightful, like nothing against him at all. But anyways, point being, he's like, oh, what what are your plans this evening? And I was like, um, recording a podcast? <laughs> he's like, whoa, 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 wait, what? <laughs> like, that's a interesting hobby to have. And his first question was, doesn't it annoy you to listen to your voice? Like, would that bother you? <laughs> and I was like, actually, I would listen to a few of our episodes for that very point. So yeah. <laughs> there you go, listeners. Um it- it is really tough to listen to your own voice. It's it's weird. It's just weird, and you, you feel like you sound so much different from what you do in your head. It's like the same yeah. thing if you listen to your voicemail recording, which I don't even know if phones have voicemail recordings anymore because it's 2020. I don't know what the fuck's happening with voicemails <laughs> and phone calls. No one uses the phone anymore, so I don't know. Nope. <laughs> um, but it's like the same when I, I remember when I first recorded one on my cell phone, I was like, ew, I hate the way I sound. Like, this is awful and so cringy. Like, uh, yeah. It's kind of the same with the podcast. But I think Katie's voice is lovely to listen oh, to. You. you are so nice. I think I, your voice is lovely. This is just a love fest. The I listeners are barking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Um, yeah, so how was your week, Katie? Was it good from the last week that we chatted? <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything of importance to report, and I don't have any, um, I guess, announcements or anything, so I don't, what about you? That's it, I'm trying to think, sorry guys, I know you're like, skip to the topic, but if you've been listening to us for this long, you know that we never skip to the topic. Um, No, I don't think I have any announcements other than just a quick shout out to those who sent us emails about their stories. Really, really great. And thank you so much for sending those. We will reply eventually. So sorry that we haven't done it yet. It's just a bit chaotic with scheduling times and yeah, responding, but we don't want to discourage you from sending us emails. So please do because the stories are great and eventually we will share them either on an episode like this or when Katie does uh, mini stories. So yep. thanks for our emails either on Instagram or, well, I guess those are DMs, but our emails that are not so Molly Mormon podcast at gmail.com. Yep. And as yep. always, thanks to our patrons and everyone else who supports us. 
We love you. Yes. Thank you all. (laughs) All right. So are you ready? I'm ready. And I actually just thought about how I'm jumping ahead to our topic, you guys, but I just made a connection. I'm doing my monster voice because I'm so excited. Um, Katie, do you realize what today is? Uh, uh, so, okay. <laughs> I didn't even connect this together. But so, listeners, as you can tell by the title that you clicked on of this episode, <laughs> our topic is family home evening. And Sarah and I are recording on a Monday, which (laughs) if you've never been Mormon and you don't know, Monday is the day set aside for family home evening. Exactly. So Katie and I are having our own ex-Mormon family home evening right now. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's mine's a family home afternoon. And yours is a family home evening, but we're we're still together and we're still a family. So <laughs> Oh man, guys, this episode, I'm actually really pumped about it. Um, because it's something that's still quite bizarre to me because I didn't have it growing up in my family. So it's it's this thing that I just find really bizarre, even as a Mormon when I first experienced it at BYU, I was just like this is weird and I don't feel like it bonds a family together. It's really forced. <laughs> we'll get into all of that later. Um, yeah. so, so first of all, maybe we should let Katie do her research as usual and talk about like what family home evening is because I know we have a lot of listeners who didn't grow up Mormon and don't have a background or maybe you were a convert to Mormonism and yeah. also didn't experience it. So, right. So, like we said, family home evening, it's it's on Monday. I guess nowadays they said you can have it on whatever day is best for your family, but Monday is encouraged. Really? And, is that a thing? Well, it, I think it's something that they're doing to try to seem more liberal with it, like letting, you know, with with families who have different work schedules or whatever, but they still like very much encourage Monday. Um So on Monday night, you, as a Mormon family, you gather together at home and you have an evening together, which I think on the surface seems all well and good and nice. But what it is, is it's kind of like a little church meeting at home. Yeah. So it's formatted like there's an opening um, prayer and then you'll sing a hymn as a family usually. And then there's a scripture that's like read out out loud. That's the theme of the evening. And then there will be an actual lesson given by usually the parents, but sometimes like one of the children will have like be in charge that week of the lesson. And it's a different topic every week. And then They'll usually do like some sort of activity or game or possibly like an outing together as a family, depending on your family that that usually relates to the lesson. And then usually there's like some kind of treat or refreshment. And then, of course, a closing prayer. So it it is time that you're spending with your family, which I think is good and great, but it's super centered around the church. It's not really about like 
just hanging out together and talking about each other's week. It's more of let's find more time to do church at home. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more of let's find another way to brainwash children and also <laughs> guilt trip yeah. parents into, you know, making sure their children's on the right path and that you do your responsibility as a parent to raise righteous temple worthy children who go on a mission and get married in the temple it's like really guilt-ridden and also brainwashing like that's that's the core of it like Katie was saying if it was just like the church saying hey we really encourage families just to spend quality time together one night a week and not have this weird ass structure of like it needs to have (laughs) a prayer it has to have a scripture and a lesson and then the activity has to like correlate with the lesson which is bizarre as fuck and then (laughs) you have to have treats and then you blah 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 instead of just being like you know spend a quality evening with your family whether that's having dinner together sitting at the table chatting about life, watching a movie together, whatever, just do that. I think that would be a great way, but no. I, I totally agree. I I feel like, I guess we'll get into it in a bit, but I feel like for a lot of families, it's quite forced, like you were saying. It's yeah. like um, a lot of times some or most of the children don't want to be there. They'd rather be playing with their friends or watching TV, and it's kind of this forced thing instead of doing a fun activity that the whole family likes like cooking dinner together or playing a game outside or whatever it might be um it's yeah and like Sarah said it's really like um you're very much judged if you don't do family home evening Mm -hmm. so it's a big deal and I I think too Monday is you're supposed to do it on Monday because everything church related like church activity wise is not allowed to happen on Monday because that's supposed that's when you're supposed to be having family home evening. So like no like the temples are closed and the church buildings are closed. You can't have like any activities or meetings on Monday night for that reason, which Oh, kind of- I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, interesting. That makes sense why the temple would be closed on a Monday then. Mhm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I kind of wonder if it was like a strategic thing so that to reduce cost, you know, electricity, like that the buildings are all universally like shut on a Monday, then that would save the church a lot of money in electricity. Well, I don't know, a lot of money, but it would save <laughs> they, a lot. They need that money saved, don't they? they yeah, don't but that's the thing is they're like <laughs> greedy little hoarders with their money. So I wouldn't be surprised. And then it would be like, oh, let's you know, this is part of our plan to save and, like, hoard even more money to invest. So let's, like, also create this, this, like, not commandment, but basically commandment that you have (laughs) to do family home evening, and that's why we don't have anything open on a Monday. I wouldn't be surprised. And you know what else is interesting is that Gordon B. Hinckley, so listeners, if you don't know, he was one of the prophets. He was actually the prophet, like, when Sarah and I were growing up. Um. He actually, in general conference of, when was it, October 2002, he encouraged public school officials and, like, public authorities, um, you know, just in, like, the community to keep Monday night free of activities, like, to not hold school or city activities on Monday night because 
people need to be practicing family home evening, which I think is so, um, it's just, it's overstepping a boundary. Like, fine, do whatever you want with your congregation, I guess, but don't get up there and say, we encourage school officials to not hold activities on Monday night. Like, that's not in your power, man. No, and it's totally, it was against almost like the separation of church and state again. It's like, (laughs) no, trying to get involved in school systems and government. And it's just like, back the fuck off. Like, no, yeah, not intertwined with the government and with school (laughs) education and like all, no. They like and to I think, think they are, and they like yeah, to Yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's borderline Utah alone with just, like, the seminary and high school as well, even though technically it's not allowed to be in high school, but then they have, like, an institute building that's literally you can walk to from the high school. Yeah. And it's, it's, held it's horrible in, in, it's in Utah. And there's there are a lot of Mormon politicians in Utah, and obviously tons of Mormon voters. So the Mormon church basically does control Utah, which is pretty terrifying when you think about it. Yep. And another thing I wanted to bring up, too, with the whole family home evening, and especially in Utah, is there's already this mentality in Utah for women to be like perfect and Katie can speak to this more so than I can because you grew up there but just from the five years I lived there at BYU it was very much like women had to look perfect they had to act perfect they had to be the perfect mother the perfect wife and so these activities you guys like it was just another stress for them to have like the perfect plan activity every Monday with the baked treats to go with it and it's just like they have that plus like most of them are Relief Society something so like on Sunday they're prepare or Saturday night preparing all the stuff for Relief Society plus Monday Yeah, Yeah. or primary, yeah. And so it's just like, I feel like it's another thing that women, especially in the Mormon church, have to stress about because it's, yeah, they say it's a family home evening, but I mean, I never witnessed or participated in a family home evening where the father prepared anything. I could be wrong, but most of the time, like the treats and stuff like that is what the mother took care of, or either the children would, like, do it together sometimes. Yeah, I think it depends on the family. Yeah. Um, I know in some families, like, the father would usually give, like, the lesson or something. Ah, I see. It totally depends on the family, but I, I, to- I agree with you that a lot of pressure is put on the mother. Like, her family, it will look bad if it, you know, word gets out that she's not having family home evening at home. And then all of your neighbors are judging you because all of them are having family home evening and someone spotted you leaving to go to the store or something. And then they gossip about you and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, it's crazy. And I, I think this episode will be even more interesting for me and Katie and everyone listening, because it's like Katie and I will have different viewpoints on this because I'm assuming you had it growing up yeah yeah okay I did so I I can just tell you a little bit about what my experience was like yeah um it was it was really similar to what I said at the beginning it followed the basic structure and I remember I 
I think I kind of liked it as a kid just because I'm spending time with my family. But I also Mm -hmm. thought that because the topics are kind of boring and they're what you just talked about Sunday. Right. So it's like, oh, and the church has like lessons and manuals that you can pick from to pick your topic. Um, But yeah, I did. I remember I liked it for like little games that you would play that were like the activity after the lesson. I liked that. And um, I obviously liked the treats part. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, if you can sit still and listen to this lesson, and then you get a treat and you're rewarded and it's it's fine. <laughs> Dog. Like, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And when I got a little bit older, I remember sometimes I would be able to give the lesson. Like I would make up a little poster board and put my little whatever scriptures or props up on the board and like teach my family about it. Um, and I think there were times that we would skip weeks, but, um, more often than not, we would do it, and I, I feel like all of our neighbors were also doing it, so it was like, I didn't even have, like, the little kids weren't out playing on Monday night, so it's like, oh, I guess I'll go inside for family home evening, you know? <laughs> was it something that was, like, required for you as a teenager as well? Because I can imagine at that point in your life, you're like, ugh, I do not want to do this, but, like, <laughs> were your parents like, nope, you have to on Monday night, like, you can't make no. You know, luckily, when I got older, my parents, they were, they've always been somewhat, like, relaxed about it. They're not super Orthodox Mormons, which is kind of funny because my dad's a bishop. But anyway, that's yeah. a whole story. <laughs> um, but, no, when we were, when, when we got to the teenage years, they, it pretty much stopped. But we would have dinner together every night as a family and... And, you know, still do activities together, but we stopped doing family home evening, which is kind of surprising um, to me looking back on it now. But also I'm grateful because I probably would have hated it. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine because, like I said, we we never had that growing up. Like, I just remember reading about it in um, the magazine. Was it called Friend? Oh, yeah, the Friend. That's like that's the magazine for the little Mormon kids. Yeah. (laughs) One of the um, companies that the church invested money into, <laughs> and they make a lot of money because every Mormon member subscribes to it, and it's not free, you guys. You have to pay for well, these you subscriptions. Still have to pay for it. Yep. 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 Um. So yes, yeah, so you get it once a month, and I remember they would have like lesson plans in there that you could give, mm-hmm. and like as a kid, I would read it and be like, oh, why don't we have family home oh, evening? Like I feel like. My family's not righteous. Like, I'm not as special as, like, the original Mormons. And also because they would always have stories about pioneers and talking about how, like, exclusive it was if you're, like, a ancestor. Ancestors were pioneers. And I just always feel like shit because I was like, well, mine aren't. So I guess that means I'm, like, not as good and blah, blah, blah. But I do remember going to... Oh, a friend's house for family home evening in high school and I was just like this is weird because it was just like very forced too and it yeah. was like why are they forcing this like well first of all I was just thinking like my parents would never be able to force me and my brothers to do this like 
there's no way in hell. But then second of all, I just felt like, well, it's not really a healthy environment because people, like, the kids don't want to do it. Like, they're teenagers. They're just, like, annoyed at the thought. And, like, also, I feel like it needs to be pointed out, especially for listeners who didn't grow up Mormon or who converted later on in life, it's, you guys, you have Sundays that you have to have go to church you have Monday family home evening. You have Wednesday if you're like ages 12 to 18 or maybe even younger that you do like youth activities at yeah. church. Mm-hmm. Then on Thursday you have institute. And then usually Saturday is like an activity that you're doing with church. So that's like basically your entire weeks. Well, and, and, on, and on one of those days, one of those free days, I guess, maybe on a Tuesday, you're supposed to go to the temple exactly temple each week as well yeah so yeah so it's, it's like your... every single day of the week mm-hmm. it's taken up by doing mormon things um and i think it's tough because like i said before i think the idea of family home evening is nice but i don't like the way that it's so focused on just mormonism and it reminded me of the South Park episode about Mormons, you know, where the yep. the Mormon family moves into town and they're like, oh, like this family's so nice and they spend time together playing games on Monday night. Like, why can't we be like that? And it's very much depicted super wholesome and all of the kids are so happy to be eating Rice Krispies and playing board <laughs> games. And it's like, if that was what it was, then that's great and lovely, but it's also full of indoctrination so exactly yeah exactly and it's also this idea of like again making people feel guilty like they're only doing it because it's it's all like I feel like there should be equivalent of keeping up with the Jones but for Mormons so like keeping up with (laughs) sister Jones maybe um (laughs) because it is that way of like oh you know you have to do family home evening and People who, you know, have children who are excited to do it, they're more righteous and holy. And those people who didn't enforce that you had family home evening, they're not as righteous. And it's just like, you know what? And also a lot of people, and I, I've seen this, like a lot of parents, maybe they have to work on a Monday oh, yeah. evening. And there's yeah. that guilt that was placed on them that like, oh, they weren't able to do it because of their work schedules or you know what? Maybe you're just fucking tired on a Monday evening after <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, you don't have time to create this huge lesson plan and rally, like gather your kids together and do an activity and make cookies together when you've been working for nine hours. Like Exactly. <laughs> it's not and feasible. I, I tell y'all something, like the biggest, I don't even know how to say it reward is a weird way the mm, the biggest change I think I've seen in my mental health and physical well-being after leaving the church was having more free time to do me oh and I know that sounds maybe selfish as hell but you guys when you are in this church I felt like I never had a second to myself I was constantly like work, school, church, work, school, church, like all the time running around like crazy, never getting enough sleep. And it's just like, that's gone. I can just chill on a Sunday. I have a whole oh. extra day at the weekend. Like, 
Yeah, oh. and ten percent more money, and you can wear whatever underwear you want. Exactly. You don't have to pay for ugly underwear. <laughs> Guys, that was the biggest thing. I was like, I can't believe I'm paying so much fucking money for these ugly underwear. Like, so stupid. Um, anyway. I'd like to know a little bit about your experience at BYU for Family Home Evening. And I think it'll be interesting, especially for <laughs> listeners who have not attended BYU. This is a very weird phenomenon that happens at BYU one of many because BYU is a strange place but um the I'm sure that the family home evenings there or the FHE as they call it FHE oh my god I forgot about that yeah yeah I'm sure you have I'm sure you have some gems I do Okay, so I feel like I've experienced it in a number of places because not just BYU, but that was my first encounter. But then also when I lived in Georgia, I was in – so they didn't have it. It's not the same as BYU, but anyone who's a young single adult, um, you also had a a FHE on a Monday night, and it was like – usually five people in Georgia who are actually like Mormons and in that <laughs> age group. And they're almost all weirdos. No offense to people listening. Um, well, except you were for one of them. Huh? <laughs> I was going to say, you don't have to say no offense because you were one of them. At exactly. One I'm like the people listening, you, you know who you are. I was the weirdo too. We did the FHE thing in Valdosta. Totally fine. Um, <laughs> And then also I did it here in Berlin because they had oh, right. it Monday evenings as well for the YSA, so the young single adult. And I'll kind of talk about each of them, but definitely BYU, I would say, is by far the weirdest one. Um, so again, just to emphasize, I didn't do family home even growing up. I didn't know a lot about it. Like, obviously, my dad's not a member, so it was just my mom. And, you know, she had her hands full with six kids and... Just we didn't do family home evening. End of the story. <laughs> and so when yeah. I went to BYU, um, I that was really a culture shock for me. And I still to this day can remember my first day of class was a, uh, I think it was a, so, a social class maybe. I don't remember. Sociology. Sorry, not just social class. Anyways, they talked about culture shocks. And I can remember this day raising oh. my hand and being like, this is the biggest culture shock I've ever experienced going from (laughs) Georgia to Utah and to Provo, Utah and to BYU. And the reason being was like the first few weeks we had family home evening. And so I want you to picture this. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So there are women apartment buildings and men apartment buildings at BYU. So you might have an apartment complex and it has four buildings in it, and two are for women, two are for men. But this can entire just, apartment. Can we just pause right there for just a moment to just appreciate already how fucking weird this is? Like, it's, it's so sounds weird. like something from 1954. Like, exactly. you're separated by what you have in your pants, and they <laughs> don't allow any room for any type of person who doesn't identify as either a man or, or a woman. You are one hey. or the other, and you're being put in your spot as such. It's gender roles to a T, and it's exactly. just crazy. Okay, continue. It's disgusting. <laughs> and I also want to emphasize, so these apartments, okay, so each apartment has three bedrooms, 
and a kitchen and a living room. But there's always a door that shuts the <laughs> kitchen from the bedroom because you're not allowed to have any person of the opposite sex behind, like that goes into your bedroom. Ever. Not even in like the hallway that leads to the bedrooms or even yeah. in the bathroom, right? Unless it's an emergency. Exactly. So you cannot, yeah. like, a, a person of the opposite sex cannot go and use your bathroom. They can't ever cross this, like, forbidden line. Right? <laughs> I remember visiting you when you were at BYU and you living in an apartment like that. And I, it was the first time I'd seen one. <laughs> I was like, what the? <laughs> it's so weird, you guys. And then each one of the bedrooms, I mean, this is obviously it differs, like, apartment complex to apartment complex but I was like super poor and cheap when I first moved to BYU (laughs) actually not many things have changed um but then (laughs) uh so you had you shared a room with someone so there are three bedrooms but six girls who live in this apartment and one bathroom no there are two bathrooms oh two bathrooms but still that's, that's a lot of people in one apartment it's a lot of people and these rooms aren't that big you had twin beds and they were stacked up high so that you could store more things like underneath and stuff and so like literally you're never alone and I oh, think that's the thing that like <laughs> did me oh. I couldn't handle it it's like they were basically training you to be a missionary or to do exactly. the missionary experience Like, you can't have any alone time unless you're, what, taking a shower or, like, pooping? Yeah. So that's why I developed the habit of taking multiple shits a day. Um, (laughs) Flush, not really. That's just how I am in general. Um, But it was helpful in that situation. So, yeah. So family home evening was, so each apartment had, so each girl apartment was paired to one boy apartment. And that oh, no. was your family. For no. I yeah. hate it. <laughs> it's so bad. So there's 12 of you in a family. Exactly. Okay. And it was, so you had that family first semester. And um, so BYU is notorious for giving out like the dumbest callings. And for people who maybe missed a few episodes or don't remember what a calling is, if you're not Mormon or didn't grow up Mormon, a calling is like in the church, you're given a certain job to do and you're not paid for it, obviously. So you have like a bishop or a primary teacher or a mission, like a ward missionary or whatever. And it's but supposed you're to be called like, by God, Sarah. So exactly. You're not paid. You're serving God. <laughs> you're serving God and you're called by God and like bishops receive revelation that like <laughs> you're the perfect person for the calling, which is totally total bullshit because I remember like when I was friends with that couple who once was a bishop it was more of like whatever they wanted to happen like oh I really like this person so I'm gonna get them in this calling or whatever yeah so yeah anyways so BYU made up like the dumbest callings like some of them would be ward greeter so you have to stand at the door and just say hello to people who came. Oh, my God. It's like Walmart greeter, but yeah. worse. It was, like, horrendous. Like, I just couldn't fathom that that was to, calling. They have to invent all those callings because there's so many kids going there that yeah. are all Mormon that they run out of calling. And they seem to think that if you give 
someone calling that they're more like dedicated to going to church. But I was like, no, I'm more embarrassed. Like if I ever got ward greeter, I'd be like, fuck that. I'm not doing it. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Hey y'all. Hey, Hey, what's going on? Like, no. And let's be honest. I never got to church early enough to do any of that shit anyways. So no. So FHE had its calling too. And I had the honor of being, an FHE mom. <laughs> That's right, listener. <laughs> FHE mom. I can't. I can't. It's like the worst call. And I had it, I think, two or three times. This was my calling two or three times. What does what what does a FHE mom do? Oh. It's also just like incest as well, because usually you end up dating the FHE dad. So like your dad, not sorry, not dad, but like your brother and sisters and you might like your children that you're teaching or whatever the heck. (laughs) (laughs) So basically you have the FHE dad who has a calling and the FHE mom has a calling and you're meant to, like, you're responsible for organizing the activity every Monday and making, like, giving assignments to people who have, like, the lesson or who bring the treats or the activity. Mm-hmm. So I was obviously the worst FHG mom because I just, <laughs> like, I never got into it. I thought, like, what we talked about before, it was very forced. It was just weird, like... And it was this whole attitude of, like, if you liked your apartment, you went. If you weren't attracted or interested in dating anyone in the apartment, then no one wanted to go. Oh, my so gosh. It would be obvious, too, because you'd have, like, a group of the girl apartment and the boy apartment. And then you have all the women show up for the activity. And maybe, like, one guy shows up every week because the rest oh. are like, Ugh, not interested in them, not going to go. So it was always like, yeah, so it was very obvious to like the apartment with the hot girl. I'm doing air quotes, like the hot girls, like the guys would go every single Monday and then people would be like, oh, let's do like a joint activity with this (laughs) FHE group. And like always, you guys, that's how it out. No, I can't handle people who are like me who are like, wow, wow, I'm chubby. And so Mormon guys are like, no, pass. They didn't want to do it. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not being stuck with, like, the weirdos doing this FAG, (laughs) which is what happened. So I would just, like, either never plan it or just be like, um, we can join another group or we can go to, like, the dollar theater and watch a movie. Oh, yeah. That was usually almost every time what I suggested doing because I was like, you know what? I don't have to talk to these people. I can just go watch a movie. It works out well. Um, Or we would play like volleyball because we had a volleyball net or like a game. (laughs) That's so BYU to me, like playing volleyball or going to the creamery and getting ice cream. Yes, (laughs) we also did that. But I just, I I rarely went to FHE because, A, yeah, I felt like it was weird. But also, I was just like, you know what? I don't have the time to spend on a Monday night. Like, I was working part-time, going to school full-time. Like, you have fucking homework and papers. But they would put this pressure on you. Like, 
if you go to FHT and you stop working for a few hours, you'll be blessed. And of course. You'll, you know, your your grades will be blessed and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it, it never <laughs> works that way. It just you know, meant that I stayed up doing all-nighters. Right. You know something funny I just thought of? I hadn't thought of this before. But there are lots of students at BYU who come from that area. Like, their parents live in Orem or Provo. And they could, like, technically, if it's family home evening, if they really were all about family they would be going to visit their families on Monday night. But this is just further proof that it's actually about the church. Because if you're at BYU and going to a family home evening, it should be the one with your apartment mates and and not the one at your family's home. So that's, yeah, kind of defeats the whole purpose of the family part. (laughs) That's a really good point that I never thought of, but that's true. That's 100% true. And it's also, it just supports the fact that, like, the church basically started this for BYU and YSA and shit like that. Because they just want to marry you off. Like, if you get two Mormons to get married together, then your chances of them having kids and raising in the church are even greater. So, that keeps the church going. So, let's, like, make sure Mormons only marry other Mormons, you know? Yeah. And that's, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, there was, like... When I moved to Georgia, I went to family home meetings. It was a bit different because it was like you would meet at the church instead because there weren't so many members. Or you would like go to a person's apartment that had a normal apartment, <laughs> like not a <laughs> church owned one because obviously yeah. I wanted to be with you. Um, and I would just go to those if I was interested in a guy there because there was so, it was such limited options in Georgia with Mormons. <laughs> so, it, but luckily we had like an Air Force base that was close by. So sometimes we would get like new people in from the Air Force and I'd be like, oh shit, there's a new Air Force guy. Let me go. Let me go to this activity. <laughs> I'm going to go to FHE. <laughs> Let me go to FHE, which is by the way, the story I have, I think it's either FHE or Institute or the only reason why I went was because of these, like, two hot Air Force guys who came. And I had the worst gas of my life. And you guys know those, like, metal chairs in the church buildings that they use? And I was sitting on that chair. And I legit had the loudest inside fart I've ever had in my entire life. That it was, like, and it interrupted the lesson and I remember the teacher being like oh boy you're hungry and I was like I'm so hungry <laughs> what it is uh, um, not gassy at all <laughs> not gassy at all like it's weird I'm just really hungry and I literally was like let me go to my car and get a granola bar and see if that helps and I just farted the whole way out uh, <laughs> so that's my story on FHE's lessons too but also so in Berlin it was different because well it was different from uh, from BYU because you met at a church as well. And there, the missionaries always came. Oh. So, it was like, usually the sisters and the elders would come to FHE, and then they would bring, like, investigators. So, you always had no offense, but kind of, like, weirdos. Because... As a missionary, you're just taught to literally bring whoever into the church. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And usually they're not very mentally stable and they need help, but the church is not going to help you with that. So 
Um, that's not going to happen. And, um, yeah, so it was just awkward. And again, it was just the only reason why you went is because you're trying to date. Like it was, you had the, like a church, like a hymn and this missionary couple would be the ones who conducted it. So like these senior uh-huh. couples were there and they conducted it. And then like you played a boring card game and then they fed you. So you'd have dinner, but the missionaries were definitely always there. And then, like, if you showed up, you look more righteous because then it was like uh-huh. only the righteous, like, Mormons went. So then, like, I would go because I was like, oh, I got to make sure these Mormon boys think I'm righteous. Like, <laughs> you show up. Oh. oh, my God. Clearly, they never thought I was. <laughs> Thank God. Thank Celestial Jesus. Because. That could have been bad. <laughs> that could have been real bad. Um, actually, my friend Lisa, who was on the show, on the show, on the podcast, I met her. She was a missionary. And I I want to say, Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're listening. But I want to say the first time we met was when she was a sister missionary and she came to FHE. Like, that's a very distinct memory I have of her. Um, so, yeah. There you go. Oh, my gosh. I'm... Oh, I'm so happy we left that, and that's not our life. That's just looking back on it. I'm like, wow, that's a whole other world. <laughs> that's a whole. Oh, and also, this is a side note. Sorry, you can go on with any more FHE things. I was just thinking, from last week we had the tithing episode, and there was like a really good message we got that I wanted to talk about. Did you oh, see it? I yeah the the email yeah oh it's actually really long do you want to do like a mini episode of that yeah or I was highlight? planning on reading I was planning on reading it on a mini episode so keep your ears out for that one listeners it's a good follow up to the to uh, last week's episode about tithing it's really good okay sorry jump back to family home evening um oh. yes Katie go. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, um, so I was curious about like family home evening lessons. And so I went to the church's website, the church of Jesus Ugh. And they have all these lessons. And when I Googled it, they're also, as we know, there's tons of Mormon like mommy bloggers. And a lot of them had whole blog posts dedicated to different types of family home evening lessons and one I found one that just was so cringy (laughs) and weird that I was like okay let me just go through this with you guys on the podcast and we can show you an example of like the theme of a family home evening and what they attached the lesson to it as so (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so excited. This one I found on a few like Mormon mommy blogger websites was about chastity. So (laughs) they uh, suggest that the opening song should be I am a child of God. And then the scripture should be Uh, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 2 Corinthians 3.16. And then they linked to 
the church's official website, which is where I got most of this stuff that follows for like the lesson, they said like, read this and paraphrase it or, you know, use parts of it or whatever. And I, as I was reading through this, I was like, how did they have this on their website? This is so cringy to me, but it's on there. And so I will share it with you guys. Yay! I, just, I can't believe it's on the website, too. The yeah, and they have, I know. And they have tons of, like, different topics. And it was hard to pick one, but I was like, this one involves sex. This seems right up our alley. Let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Because you know we love some sex. Let's talk about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why did I make that voice? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so it starts. Sex education begins or belongs in the home where parents can teach chastity in a spiritual environment as they reveal the facts of life to their children. There, in all plainness, the youngsters can be taught that procreation is part of the creative work of God and that, therefore, the act of replenishing the earth must be kept on the high plane of personal purity that God provides free from all form of perversion. What? (laughs) Um, and then it says it like kind of goes into say like answer your kids questions but don't be too specific and they say um in response to questions about physical intimacies emphasis should be placed on the fact that when husbands and wives share intimate moments they are expressing expressing their love for each other their actions are sanctioned because they have taken marriage vows but such intimacies are not sanctioned by the lord outside of marriage dun 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 <laughs> so start shaming them right from the get go do not have sex it's not sanctioned until you're married um oh. and then Yay, they just started on this. A young boy should be taught about the power of creation within his body and that the Lord intended that this power should be used exclusively in marriage. He should be cautioned against sexual self-stimulation, a.k.a. masturbation. Wait, wait. they call it the power, like really they're associating the power of creation. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like it's just with guys and, like, they have the power of the penis and, like... Yeah, because they have the semen and that's the power to create a baby. They don't even, they don't address, um, you know, teaching young girls about their body or even talking to them about masturbation. It's not brought up at all. God. Parents should teach youth that although it is normal to feel attracted to the opposite sex, notice there, opposite sex, always, they must keep these feelings under restraint. Youth need to understand how to interpret these feelings. And young young people can counteract worldly attitudes with this attitude. This power of procreation is a spark of divinity within me. It is not part of my life now, but it will be later. There is a proper time, a.k.a. marriage, for this spark of divinity to find expression with a proper person, which is my wife or husband. So then there's like, they give this little not necessarily object lesson, but this little example that says touching other people and other people's private areas is only okay at the right time when you are married. French kissing and touching others or yourself is like a potato chip. If I give you one potato chip, would you be satisfied with that? No way. 
It's hard to stop once you start, but there will be a time when you can have a whole bowl of potato chips. Until then, you can't give in to that appetite. If you do, it will destroy your soul and you will not have the spirit. Oh my God, potato chips destroy your soul. (laughs) That should be the name of the episode. You guys, this is ridiculous. Like, so that part was, I, I added in, that was like the lesson, like the little object, like metaphor lesson from one of the bloggers that went, that's not on the church's official website, but that was her being like, this is how we can teach our children this concept. Oh my God. God, that's insane. Yep. So then it goes on to say you're supposed to teach kids that they can't date till they're 16. And even then they can't pair pair up. They have to go on group dates. Then it moves in to say um, it's important to teach children that Heavenly Father did not intend sex to be something evil. Rather, sex has two purposes. First, to enable us to have children to fulfill God's commandment to be fruitful and multiply. And second, to express that special kind of love shared between a husband and wife. When a husband and wife use sex properly in their marriage, the Lord will bless them. However, when people abuse this divine gift, they please only Satan and his followers. We strongly warn all our people from childhood to old age to beware of the chains of bondage, suffering, and remorse, which come from improper use of the body. Whoa. Scary. I feel like that'd be scary to a little kid. That's what I was just thinking. Like, you guys imagine, like, a little kid, like, if you had kids all under the age of 18 and you have like teenagers and you have some who are like in middle school and then you have little like kindergartner and like you're teaching this lesson imagine how like scary it would be for each level like, I, know. I know that is next level <laughs> The human body is the sacred home of the spirit child of God. An unwarranted tampering with or defilement of the sacred tabernacle can bring only remorse and regret. We urge stay clean, uncontaminated, undefiled. Like they use those actual words that uncontaminated and undefiled. Yeah. And imagine how this would sound to someone who's experienced sexual abuse. That's what I was just thinking. <sighs> it's terrible. Um, let's see. Yeah. So it keeps repeating that it's only sex is only supposed to take place between a husband and wife. Um, and then it says the Lord has also clearly told us to refrain from things including necking and petting. <laughs> masturbation pornography oh and homosexuality wow um talks about necking and petting for a little bit that um it says these improper relations often lead to pregnancy and abortions guys Katie and I were just talking about this before the episode (laughs) because as usual I freak out about being pregnant like every other month because of how it's the church shit brought like us this. Up. Sorry? It's because of shit like this. Like, exactly. That's... Told you, you make out too long, you could possibly get pregnant. <laughs> 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 like, literally, we didn't have sex education growing up. This was our sex education yeah. that 
if you yeah. ever have sex ever that you'll get pregnant. So even though I'm a grown ass woman at 31 in a healthy, mature relationship, I still think I'm pregnant every single time we have sex, basically. Because <laughs> I'm like, ah, I, something's wrong. Like, I must be pregnant, which yep. is just ridiculous. But, I mean, there was a shining example right there in a church-sanctioned lesson, like how you're supposed to teach this to your children. So, no wonder you still feel that way. Our young people should know that their partners in sin will not love or respect them if they have freedom in fondling their bodies. Such a practice (laughs) destroys respect, not only for the other person, but for themselves. It destroys the ultimate respect of virue. The so like respect of virtue. Wow. Oh my god, it's just crazy to me. Like you are intimate with someone and they're saying that unless you're married, that person automatically doesn't respect you. But I remember being taught that as a kid. Like a boy won't try to, you know, do this with you if he respects you. But only when you're married, then it's fine. <laughs> That's so true. And that explains a lot of my Mormon dating stories because a guy would touch me and then he would get pissed at me and be like, Oh, you're not righteous enough. Like you made me do this. And like, and I was never considered like marriage material because of it. That makes me so mad. Yep. Um, and they say, although many in the world today claim that homosexuality is merely an act of nature, the Lord has repeatedly said otherwise through his prophets President Spencer W. Kimball declared that homosexuality is an ugly sin, repugnant to those who find no temptation in it, as well as to many past offenders who are seeking a way out of its clutches. All such deviations from normal, proper heterosexual relationships are not merely unnatural, but wrong in the sight of God. God, and they wonder why the suicide rate is so high. I know. It's crazy to me that, like, this is on their website right now for parents to teach their children and then there are people who are mormon who are claiming no like we're not anti-gay yeah you are read that 100 percent, you are like how can oh i just can't oh and it, it goes on damn it i thought it was done part of this sin seriousness is in its destruction of marriages and homes Homosexuality is hostile to God's purpose in that it negates his first and great commandment to multiply and replenish the earth. If the abominable practice became universal, it would depopulate the earth in a single generation. It would nullify God's great program for his spirit children in that it would leave countless unembodied spirits in the heavenly world without the chance for the opportunities of mortality and would deny to all the participants in the practice, the eternal life God makes available to us all. Like I remember being taught that too. Like if you don't have babies, they're all just these spirits waiting up there in heaven for you to like have, you know, them bring them to the earth. It's, it's just a bunch of crap. Yeah. Um, If you aren't able to have kids then it's like, Oh, you did something wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not righteous enough. And then it has, um, it suggests that they have the kids sign this, like, to make this commitment and, and like, possibly sign it on a piece of paper that if you ever feel tempted that you will say a prayer and you'll sing a hymn <laughs> to try to get the thoughts out of your head and you will fast because fasting will help you forget about being horny, I guess. And then you will avoid or leave tempting situations like 
It even says here, if you feel your pulse racing and your mind fantasizing about immoral acts, leave immediately. It's better to miss half a movie than to implant images in your mind that might take years to root out. (laughs) Oh, my dear Lord. Then it says, establish the following family rules. So then you talk about these to all your children. Never go into a house alone with someone of the opposite sex. Never, ever enter a bedroom alone with someone of the opposite sex. Do not pet or neck. (laughs) Never park on a lonely road with just the two of you alone. Do not view pornographic materials. Do not watch R or X-rated movies. And do not spend time in drinking or gambling establishments. (laughs) (laughs) And then it talks about... Choosing modest clothing for girls, obviously, uh, because that helps control what the boys are thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then it has the final ending story that's just like a paragraph I'll read to you. It says, a teenage boy was so impressed with a discussion that he and his mother had on chastity that he saved and prized this quote that she gave him, which said, Young man, the girl whom you are going to marry is now alive. You may never have met her, but somewhere she is walking down a path which in the providence of God someday will cross yours. Wherever she may be, she keeps herself clean for you. And in her imagination, you are even now a prince who will someday she will gladly marry. Not for the wealth of the world would she be grossly untrue to you. How then are you living? You have no right to take such a girl a life smirched with unchastity. If you do, there is a secret shame you will never outgrow. A pang that you will feel whenever your future children clamber into your arms. To have a home free from all that, with memories beautiful, it is worth anything that it may cost that you stay clean. And then the final closing quote is... Um, from the messages of the first presidency, which says, how glorious and near to the angels is youth that is clean. This youth has a joy unspeakable here and eternal happiness hereafter. Sexual purity is youth's most precious possession. It is the foundation of all righteousness. And then you're, you have your, you can have like a little board game if you want, it says, and then you have your closing prayer, which blesses the food, and then you have a snack. And that is your family home evening. Dear Celestial Jesus, like, I, there's so much wrong with all of that, but I'm not even going to get into it. In fact, I want listeners just to, like, send us their stories of family home evening examples like that. And we can do a follow-up episode because I think there is so much to get into, even just with that lesson alone of, like, just deep-rooted issues that, like, I'm still, like, chewing on it a bit and trying to, like, process everything that they're saying but this is coming from someone who's left the church, and I'm just imagining how much damage that did hearing that growing up so often. I know. You know? Yeah, and like we were saying, it's like if we – I feel like if we openly criticized Family Home Evening to active members, they would think we're ridiculous, and they would come back and say, oh, so you're against families spending time together? Like, oh, you mean bitter ex-Mormon. <laughs> and I'm like, no – 
look at this lesson about sexual purity that is extremely damaging and shameful and that this is what you're telling your children during this time of family home evening like you're not just spending quality time together you're also indoctrinating them with sometimes very harmful uh, messages exactly Uh, I should say just for the sake of fairness that like This was a very, very cringy one that I found. A lot of times the messages can be, like, decent, you know, about honesty or something like that. But they're also just completely, you know, completely drenched in Mormonism. It's, like, not just about having good values. It's also about being a good Mormon, basically. And and I think in all fairness, too, as, you know, Katie, I think Katie and I are pretty good about balancing things out. I do think that they that there are Mormon families out there who do it the right way, and I'm saying our way, <laughs> of just, like, having <laughs> a yeah. night a week that they just spend together and they don't do these weird brainwashing lessons where it's just yeah. more about the family having a dinner together or whatever. And yeah. I think that's really great, you know? That's something that each of us could do to make more time to spend with the loved ones that you have in your life. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be your blood family. It could just be whoever you love and making that time. But I also think for the most part, it's not like that in Mormon family home evenings. And that's where the problem lies. Um, Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, (laughs) we just had an FHE lesson, Sarah, and we made it through. (laughs) We did it. Now I feel like we need to bless some, like, extra sugary sweets right now and say plus to the nourishment and strength of your bodies. Yeah. Let's have these these brownies and cookies and hope that they nourish and strengthen us in the name of Celestial Jesus and Emma Smith. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, listeners, oh. we'll be back next week send us your emails like we've said already and thank you for listening yeah thanks for listening and if you have a second please go give us five stars or leave us a nice review um i'm actually gonna give some shout outs on instagram to our two recent uh reviews that were really great it just helps us to be found by other people looking for a podcast similar or talking about ex-Mormons. So it'd be great if you guys could do that. And thanks for everyone who has, or if you've shared our page, we want to keep our community growing. So thanks. Hell yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.